Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome. This week in production, I'm not going to sing for you, but there's a Metallica song that is very fitting to what I'm going through right now. I'll paraphrase. Careful what you wish. Careful what you say. Careful what you wish. You may regret it. Careful what you wish. You just might get it. About a year ago, I was just hoping and praying things would get back to normal so I could continue doing these uh, remote events that I do, get together with the crew. And now here I am, July 2021, and we're beginning the jobs and there's a heavy schedule ahead and it has just been one disaster after another. I've rambled on many podcasts about travel woes. They're true, truer now than ever. And now that I'm in it almost every week, it's just frustrating to no end. I'll take you back on a little journey. We had a job coming up, our first job back with the crew. It was going to be in Boston which for most of my crew is a drive. I'm supposed to pick up one of my guys in Newark from Houston. And there's some storms. I'm hoping he gets in in time. I go down to the airport to pick him up. As I'm waiting in the cell phone uh, waiting lot, I see the plane gets diverted from landing. It's in a holding pattern. And it was in a holding pattern as these storms are just tearing apart Newark Airport, like lightning and thunder. And I was like, they're not going to land him. They're going to divert him. But I waited, waited an hour, and they said, we're diverting the plane to Philadelphia. So I start driving home because, you know, I either know he's not getting in tonight or... I'm not sure what they're going to do, but I know he's not going to be there anytime soon because the storms, the window of the storms was just hours. So I drive home. I'm chatting with him on the phone. They basically uh, parked his United flight on the waiting area of the runway somewhere, not even at the terminal, couldn't get off the plane. He sat there for like two hours, maybe more. I don't even remember at this point. And the plan that they were telling the passengers was that he was going to be uh, flown back to Newark when they got a window. And I'm thinking to myself, that all sounds great, but the pattern does not look promising. And I know that there's a, a point in which the crew is going to time out, like the crew can't work any more hours and they have to, you know, basically come back and try it again the next day. So... I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I get a call. My camera tech, John, says to me, we just got word that we're going to uh, taxi to the runway and we're going to you know, fly up to Newark. I'm like, okay, I'll get in the car. I'll head back to Newark because it's only about a you know 15-minute flight airtime from Philly to Newark. So I'm like, okay, it's a 45-minute drive, not counting the storms. So I zip down the turnpike as fast as I can. And as I'm pulling into the cell phone lot for the second time, I get a 
call from him saying they've pushed us back to the gate. They're deplaning us and no one knows what is going on. I'm like, okay, keep me updated. And I start driving back home for the second time. There is no one from United at Philadelphia International Airport. I don't think, I don't even know if United has a counter. I know they don't do a lot of flights out of there. I'm not sure what their presence is, but there's basically no one there. The passengers who have been, you know, on the plane probably for 10 hours now, they're wandering around the terminal like like zombies. And John asked me what he should do. I said, well, listen, I'm sure you're exhausted. I said, go, there's a hotel at the airport. Why don't you just go check in and then we'll figure out if you get on a train and zip up to Boston on the train or Uber or whatever. He goes, okay. And uh, he calls me back a little while later. And he's like, the hotel wants $500 a night. I'm like, are you effing kidding me for like some, you know, run of the mill uh, Motel 6 or something? So I'm like, let me let me just check and see how much a one-way Uber is to get you up to to me so we could leave in the morning from here. And the Uber was like 600 bucks. And I said, John, it's your call, but if you're up for it, I'd rather spend the 600 bucks to get you up here instead of putting you up in that hotel. At least we could have some resemblance of an on-time schedule for setup day. And he agreed, and uh, he got up here. And, and to make matters worse, because the plane was a 787, a uh, Boeing you know, Dreamliner, the facilities in Philadelphia couldn't unload the luggage. So the passengers disembarked with no bags. And for John, that meant uh, not only did he not have his clothing and his personal accessories, he didn't have his camera tools with him. So he was at a little bit of a loss to do his job. He gets up to me, you know, put him in the hotel. He gets a few hours of sleep. We go and get him some personal necessities like toothpaste and soap, and we go to Boston. We do the job. He has no luggage. They have no clue where the luggage is, and he gets home, and, and they finally get his bags to him. But that was the first event, the first trip, and things did not get better from there. I take full responsibility for this next situation. This next situation was completely my fault. I was unable to secure a flight on United. That is my airline of choice. And one reason I like that airline is that all of my crew members' vitals are stored as saved travelers. And so it makes it very easy for me to book tickets for my guys. This next job was in Minneapolis. I tried to book on United. I couldn't get a flight. They've cut schedules, all the airlines. So there's not as many flights to be had. So I had to go on American. And I misspelled John, the same traveler who had the bad experience the first time. I misspelled his last name. It was an autofill error in my browser, I believe, because I know how to spell his name, but it auto-populated. And when he went to check in at the airport, he couldn't find his reservation. And I sent him all the stuff, and they still couldn't find it. And long story short, after a whole rigmarole, he missed his flight. He had to take another flight. There weren't too many other options. He finally got on another flight, got in late, had his luggage, luckily, because it was, you know, 
it was uh, hadn't checked in yet, but you know, oh for two for John. At the same time, just the logistics of rent a cars. There are very few rental car companies that have surplus cars. So even though you rent a car, does not mean you will get a car. Or you may get a car, but it may not be the car that you want. For example, I rent minivans because we're usually transporting a fair amount of people and or gear. If you are counting on a minivan, you're going to be disappointed to say the least. So I've actually bailed on my Hertz membership. Hertz has been hurting me. There's a joke there that I, I will not say. It's um, something to do with Robert Hertz, and uh, you can probably figure it out. But they've been hurting me. So I bailed on Hertz. I've been now trying to rent from National. I was at the counter in Minneapolis talking to the National counter girl, and there's there's one, one woman at the counter dealing with passengers, dealing with problems. People are getting, you know, angry and frustrated, and I get it. And I was getting a little frustrated because it was taking a long time for her to process the person in front of me. And I've got people waiting, and we just want to get on with our day like everybody else. I got to the counter. And I could see, you know, she was not enjoying her job. And I just said to her, I said, this is some show, some S show. And she's like, you would not believe. And I said, I, I believe it because I've, I've seen it now firsthand uh, over the last three weeks. And I know, I know. And I just said, thank you for, you know, doing your job because, you know, that's all we can hope for. And at least you had a smile on your face as you did it. So that's been really, really bad. But it gets even worse, worse, because the company that I do these jobs for, they usually manage the hotel rooms. And we've had problems in the past where, you know, crews show up and there's not rooms for them. And then, you know, sometimes we have to expense it on a credit card. Sometimes the crew member doesn't have a credit card or doesn't have room on the credit card for the hold and the rooms. It's, you know, something that I try to manage as best I can within my ability. But the hotel rooms have been a disaster. People not on the list, people in different hotels, not enough rooms, not enough staff. So we were doing a job in Chicago One of my guys couldn't make it because uh, he was on a vacation. So I had to bring in a a new, a guy I've worked with before, but he was new to the crew for the most part. And uh, he was coming off another job. He was flying from that city into Chicago. Chicago's a hub, so flights seemed bountiful and reasonable. So he, I said, just you book it. You get yourself in town in time for dinner. We'll you know go over all the stuff and we'll we'll hit the ground running the next day. He ran into weather and delays and he didn't get in till midnight. But I had given all the crew their hotel confirmations. And this gentleman gets to the hotel, and he gives them the number and he said, "Nope, there's uh, no room for you." And he doesn't know what to do. It's late. It's midnight, and uh, 
He says, well, you know, I'm working with Art Aldridge. And they, I guess, looked it up and whatever. They gave him a key to my room. They literally handed him a key to my room. Now, he didn't know this. I don't think they said, well, here, here's a key to his room. They just said, here's a key. He goes and, you know, wants to go to sleep. I'm dead asleep, deep sleep. I hear the door open, the light turns on, and there's some guy standing in my doorway. I'm like, what? And I'm I'm out of it. I'm like delirious. Has nothing to do with any of the tequila I had before. But I'm like, hello? And I guess this gentleman recognized me. Luckily, I was wearing some clothing. But he uh, he said, Art, is that you? I go, who is that? He's like, it's Scott. I'm like, what? And and he freaked out, and he ran back to the lobby. Literally, ran back to the lobby with his luggage, as I, you know, kind of passed back out into my comatotic state. And you know, he had a basically expensive room on his card, and just just epic epic failures on on many 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 levels. And this has just been repeated. And repeated and repeated. And I am just getting into the heart of my schedule where I'm going to be on the road almost every week flying somewhere. That is just just the tip, tip, tip of the iceberg. And like I said, it's it's all around. It's it's the hotels, the restaurants. I mean, just trying to get, you know, dinner for the crew for like a, a party of 12 to 15 people. It's been a train wreck. A lot of restaurants don't have the staff. They say, no, we can't take a party that size. Can't even split it up, you know, or we have no, you know, no seating or it's, it's been really, really frustrating. On top of all of this stuff, something that I was not prepared for is the COVID factor. And I don't mean COVID like people are sick, but people are concerned about COVID. And rightly so. I know most of the crew is fully vaccinated. I know some of the crew is not vaccinated. I know some of the crew has had COVID. So there's, you know, there's the political component of COVID, which on my jobs, I don't want to get into any politics of any kind on the job. It's just policy. But I know some of the crew had expressed concern to me that some of the other crew weren't vaccinated. And now I was having infighting between some of the crew. And I don't mean like, you know, fist fights, but let's just say political jabs were being thrown about being vaccinated. And of course, that's unheard of among my crew and on my jobs in general. I mean, I've never really experienced that. But if you're vaccinated, good for you. If you're not, you know, that's up to you. But if you don't feel safe doing it for whatever reason, I'm not putting a gun to anyone's head. And if you need to step out, no hard feelings. You know, let me know when you're ready to come back. And that was a component that I was not prepared for. And it really kind of freaked me out. I think it's sort of 
patched up a little bit or people spoke their mind perhaps and I don't know, but uh, everyone is still intact. <laughs> Some feathers, I think, were ruffled. Um, and then, of course, the the client has updated their COVID uh, policies, and they, of course, want me to adhere to them. And they have not been very vocal about specific policies that they want us to adhere to. We've been doing policy on our own, you know, masks where it's appropriate and you know, six feet and things like that. But when they came out and said, you know, we want people who are not vaccinated to be tested before coming to set. Um, and we want you to follow that. I say, okay. And I have to go to the people who are not vaccinated on the crew and say, you know, you need to do this test every day before you come to set. And I don't know if that, you know, is going to prove anything or prevent anything. But I have to follow it. And if you don't like that, I, I can't do anything about it. And I can just excuse you from the next, you know, job if that's, you know, how you want it to be. And this has now been a little bit of a dynamic, you know, update with from them and their guidance is changing. And I'm even questioning whether I'm going to get through the other 12 events or so that I have left. It is a little bit of a question mark. And then the cherry, the cherry on top of all of this for me, as you know, I'm playing producer and camera operator and DP and drone pilot and travel agent. I'm having problems with the client as far as their budgets. Their budgets are blown up. They don't have the, the capital to finish the, the shooting and editing of all these events. And part of it is because the person who used to do that job went out on a leave of absence. So the new people who are taking over those responsibilities had no clue how things were getting done. And basically the bottom line was they came back to me and said, we need to cut budget. We need to cut X percent out of your budget. And I was like, wow, that's a pretty big percent number. Uh, thrown for a little bit of a loop. And I didn't want to start, so to speak, you know, cutting heads. So these first events that are now going off are being done on very thin, very thin margins. I, I have to probably make some changes for next year going forward, but I'm, I didn't want to just ripped the rug out of some of the guys who've been counting on these days because you know the work has not been steady for everybody so nice little uh, way to throw a monkey wrench into my universe so i'm here i'm home for a few weeks in between events the edits are piling up i feel that pressure i'm gonna have to start really putting some time into post-production I have to pay I have to pay very close attention to my travel details and just a little little insight into uh, into my universe it's been quite a while since I've sat here in my uh, studio by myself doing a podcast I did pour myself a little Don Julio and Yeho I'm gonna take a sip 
and let that sit for a minute and enjoy it as I try not to think about the disasters that wait. Do you have something to say? Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on This Week in Production. Thanks for listening.